do your job. Dad like it's your job. Do your job! With Chris Zito. Do your job. He's a dad, a radio host, a father, a speaker, dad, an actor, a dad, a comedian, a dad, a husband, a dad, and, well, a dad. Greetings, faithful listener. It is I, your illustrious host, Chris Zito. I've got this guy on this episode, John Badalaman. He's an author, speaker, he's a consultant, and I recorded this back in the summer. You'll hear him refer to like his his one son is about to become a senior, his daughter's home for the summer from college, and I'm so glad I got to talk to this guy. We went back and forth. It was so hard to nail this guy down because, I mean, this is a guy, he uh, made this documentary, All Men Are Sons. It's a must-see, and uh, it has to do with the legacy of fatherhood. And so when I, when I saw this guy, and I, I, I found him on LinkedIn, actually, because, you know, I'm following all this different dad stuff, looking for guests, and I'm always looking to talk to guys that have a particular take on fatherhood. He also wrote a book called The Modern Dad's Dilemma. So, of course, I wanted to get him on and ask him, what is the dilemma? But I have a feeling that, I, well, once I talked to him, I could see that we were sort of cut from the same cloth. And so... The other thing about this is that, you know, normally I don't cut too much out of out of these talks. I did cut a little chunk out of the front because we were just kind of shooting the breeze for about 10 minutes before we ever got around to the pod. And because he had listened to the pod, there was there's a there's a shorter episode in the first season called The Kid Gets Pulled Over. And it's about V, my 17-year-old, the baby getting pulled over by a cop in our town for the first time. It's just when you think you've taught the kid everything about driving, they get pulled over and something like this happens. It's a pretty funny story. That particular episode, I think, is only 15 minutes long because it's just me. I don't have a guest. I just wanted to come on and talk about that and tell that story. And he had heard that episode. So we were talking about that, talking about his uh, his youngest is a, a, a boy who's almost the same age. And we have similar experiences on how we got them in a car. And so there was all that stuff. And I was listening to it back. And I'm like, this has nothing to do with what this podcast is about. So, and but believe me, we get into some great fathering stuff. Uh, but he, you know, what's fascinated me once I got to talking to this guy when I found him online, and you see his resume, and I'm like, this guy's like a super dad expert, like he's a wicked smart guy. And I'm like, I hope I can hold my own with this guy. And I mean, he is super smart. And he knows all this stuff, but he's also such a down-to-earth guy. I really enjoyed our conversation. He's just like a, I mean, it was like I ran into this guy at the local bar. Well, I mean, except if that happened for me, that would end up with me, you know, somebody calling the cops and me being removed. But the point is, it was a great conversation. Here's my conversation with John Badalamont. John, thanks for doing this. I want to get to your book right away, but I want to start with your dad credentials, like I do with every guest. Tell us what you've got and who they are, how old they are. What do you got? Fair enough. I was already going through my bio in my head, but you no, let's talk. No, we're starting with the children. The children. (laughs) The The ones that made the the fatherhood racket possible. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Who have you got? I've got I've got Jake, who's eighteen years old, just graduated high school. Uh, and then I have Stella, who's 20 and going to college, home for the summer at Drexel in Philadelphia. Okay, those Philly. are my. Philly, and I should, well, I guess I should mention my my partner, my girlfriend. Yeah, I'm. That's always a tough 
there's no good name. Yeah, when um, you're a grown man, girlfriend's a weird yeah, thing. When you're yeah, when you're yeah. <laughs> and uh she has three kids similar ages one oh, okay. 17 Ferris 14 and Wyatt who's actually in Worcester at WPI is oh, okay. 20 great so, school you know not exactly Brady Bunch so but let me ask you this before we get into the book I'm curious about Stella she's 20 because I have my my oldest my firstborn Dr. Cogashall she's a PhD I work that into just about every conversation I have uh, but she uh, Wait, how old is she how old is she she's like 40-ish because I'm older than I look and I was a I was 19 when she was born. That's a whole nother story. I say okay. that all the time. I went to college for one year. I majored in psychedelic drugs. Got my girlfriend pregnant, and that's where we got Jesse. But uh, she, when she was 19, that was her craziest. So I, my theory is, and I kind of watched it with. I have a 22 year old Mackenzie, and so I, my theory is when they become teenagers. They sort of get progressively crazier. It peaks at 19, and then they turn a corner. By the time they get to their mid-20s, they're okay again. That's what my father used to say, keep them alive till they're 25. I mean, has that been your Ooh, experience with I, Stella? I like that. Yeah, not so much. Okay. And, and I, I guess I tend to, it seems to fall more along gender lines, like... <laughs> She's, you know, the older She's a little child, more responsible. More responsible and, you know, bless your heart, Jay. It's not a <laughs> knock on you, but I think you'd agree. Uh, so she's never really had a, a crazy period, okay. you know, and definitely nothing like my own. My major was similar to yours yeah. without the, the kid early. Yeah. But I would say, yeah, Jake is a boy, uh, you know, I see, uh, even though I work in this field and it's a little somewhat uh hard to swallow because i'd like to think i've made some difference in terms of how we look at manhood but jake's yeah. kind of wrestle he wrestles with the same stuff very similar stuff and more that i did growing up so so that would be 18 years old you know has got a car you know lives in a beach town he's you know he's out mm. rocking and rolling yeah that's I understand. I, I know what I was yeah. thinking about when I was 18, especially if I had, you know, an 18 year old kid with a car, 18 year old guy with a car. So it's interesting you say yeah. that what he's, you know, uh, dealing with a lot of the same stuff that you did, even though you feel like maybe we've progressed. But I was when I was researching you a little bit to get ready for this today. You what drew me to you is that there's so much of what you talk about in this this book, the uh, the modern dad's dilemma. I talk a lot about in my talk, and the talk, Dad, like it's your job, talking about how dads don't share, dads don't share with each other the way moms do. Like you can get, you know, you can have uh, a bunch of moms get together for a school event to help at, at a middle school who have never met, and within an hour they seem to know each other's life stories. And if you you get guys together, you get guys that have known each other for years. And you could ask him, like, well, what do you think this guy's biggest fear is? I have no idea. No idea. Why would you ask me that? Why would you ever talk about that? You know? Yeah, uh, let me clarify. I, I would say that, yeah, that's that's the general scene pretty much. But so first within, you know, sort of my I, I have never really had that um, struggle like I feel, and I feel like there's a lot more guys, millions of men out there who don't fully identify with the like, don't, don't talk about what's going on in your life. 
And I think it's sort of under underplayed or undervalued. Yeah. But I will say my, my own circles, like, which is sort of what drew me to this work where, uh, you know, just the, the stereotypical kind of, as you just described the button up guy, which I get is a stereotype for a reason. It's right. real. Yeah. Um, I found that it, it's kind of like, you know, the wisdom that women have is, and broad, I'm generalizing broadly here, is that, you know, to, to bring your problems, your issues to the table is, is a way to connect. So I've sort of already, always mm-hmm. done that naturally. Like, geez, you know, I was in therapy when I was 16. I was like, I still to this day, I'm like, why, why would anyone, especially men, have trouble with an hour of total focus on me, you know, questions, <laughs> interest in my life, whether he's, whether the therapist is really interested or not, doesn't matter. At 16, I was like, this guy's asking me questions. And it's, it's very like, I, I just have never understood. I mean, I, I do, but the, the resistance to, to therapy, I, I find it like who I can't understand why you wouldn't want or time focused on, you know, me. Well, yeah, just from an right? ego I mean, perspective to go in. I mean, it's my that's favorite. Kind of, that's my favorite topic. You know what I mean? Let's. We're, we're going to talk exactly. about me for fifty straight minutes. I'm in. Uh, this is fantastic. Exactly that. I was like, I get it. So, so I think there's, you know, we're that's sixteen years old. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is the greatest thing. I have an idea. Let's next week. Why don't we talk about more about me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, so I think that, you know, yeah, but the, the, the reality is by and large, I think we still have these kind of, you know, very harmful stereotypes. And I, I, I'm not saying I'm on the other side because interestingly, as a 54 year old, um, I I was, I went through a divorce about five years ago and I saw very quickly how, you know, the whole social calendar that my now former wife you know, kept, I, I was, even for a guy in this sort of work, this line of work of building community, I struggled with a social life, you know, because yeah. all of a sudden it was like, you know, so, I wasn't getting the invitation. So your, your, your former wife was sort of the cruise director of the family? Yeah, kind of. I mean, mm-hmm. we did, we did share probably more than, than, you know, your average bear, but we shared those, burdens. but yes, by, for the most part, you know, what we're doing this weekend, who wants to go out or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that social life, you know, basically disappeared. And and I, so I get the, the difficulty, the isolation, the sort of loneliness thing that's happening, mm-hmm. you know, currently. And I see it in, you know, in boys too. So, so I do yeah. think it's a problem and, but the solution's not that complicated. Yeah. You know, the solution is like, Hey, you know, have the courage to say what's going on for you like that's and and that's why like when i'm with you know doing a workshop or a talk or working with a like a group of program of dads in any any place um you put it out there and you sort of give a sort of third party permission to talk about what's happening that you know guys get right to it yeah. it's really kind of frustrating in a way it's like why is this a problem you know, in our relationships and, and, and in general in the world, like it's not that complicated. It takes some courage and, you know, a little bit of skill, but it's like having a heart to heart talk. How yeah. easy is it to have a heart to heart talk? Not easy at all. Right. But like 
that's kind of what it is. Yeah. So when you you were mentioning uh, when you were talking about Stella and Jake, and you were you were trying not to generalize about Jake because he's a teenage boy. And I find I'm better at this now because I have two rounds of kids. I have the two grown kids, right? Dr. Right. Kogashal yeah. and, and my son, Ben, they were like a few years apart way back in the day. And now I have this 22-year-old and a 17-year-old, and I'm a little more, I like to think I'm a little more evolved. And I've told this story before on the pod, <clears throat> excuse me, one Christmas after they had grown, the two older ones, they were with me at Christmas and I gave Jesse, my daughter, this great uh, emergency kit for her car. You know, soup to nuts, oh, yeah. flares and the little triangles and the silver blanket and, you know, jumper cables and everything. And then later that day, my son said to me, like, Dad, I, 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 how come you didn't get me one of those? I was like, because if you break down, just walk to a gas station. You know, I don't know. I didn't, didn't, didn't cross my mind to get it for him. But I was always so worried about her. You know, oh, it's such a yeah. dangerous world for her. In case she breaks down, what's going to happen? I hope she's okay. And it never, right. you know, so I didn't see them the same way. And yep. I still, back then, I still had this idea. Well, well, he's my son. I have to teach him to be a man of his word. He has to have integrity. And I remember my wife at the time saying, like, <clears throat> you know, we sort of need to teach the the daughter that too, Chris. You know, she's gonna she right. integrity will serve her well too. And I was like. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really or a gender she... <laughs> thing. Integrity, you know? <laughs> no, fair enough. But it's sort of, in some ways it is, though. Like, I, And I guess I'd have to really think that through. But, like, there's a level. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, it feels like there is a a level of the temptation that boys, I don't know. I, 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 it's not a formed thought. But, yeah, I think teaching them both is... So wait, what's the upshot of that? Me, so what, yeah, it that. sounds like maybe you're saying like maybe boys do need a little bit more of a push. You feel like like the the female the female is is just less of a uh, you know it, it, it's so much easier for boys to grow up to be dangerous people if they're not raised yeah. correctly. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, yeah, totally. violent and, and criminal. There, I said it. <laughs> Degenerate, whatever. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. I it's absolutely true. And and yet, I mean, girls need, hey, I mean, you said it, like, safety, that's a reality that is still and probably worse than ever, yeah, certainly maybe, maybe. In, in most parts of the world and and arguably here. I, I think, you know, there's it is still a very dangerous world. And the, the you know, so with with boys, there is, um, yeah, the, there is a need for a push. And, I you know, I try to use my relationship with my son and my daughter to kind of build the connection that I, it's almost a, it's a leap of faith that that will become part of their blueprint for connecting with other people in their lives. Yeah. And that is, I really try it's, it's in my book. It's like the, if I have anything to, to offer in this world, it only comes down to a, a few little nuggets. Um, mm -hmm. You probably don't even need, to write it down so short but it's it's the idea is like know and be known like know who my son is know what's going on you know what's important to him who he hangs with as much as i can know yeah. about him with reasonable means you know not that doesn't mean like rifling through his shit, 
Although right. I've done that too. Sure. And that's very, you know, I, again, sort of underrated and given a. Uh, no, a little, I, listen, I'm a firm believer in in random checks. I, I went through that right? when, they're, when they're high when they're in high school. Random checks can yep. save a kid's life. No, totally. I mean, it's like you know, we took a ski bus. I remember in high school, and at the Canadian border, they pulled us over and they just took out four bags and four, you know, four pieces of luggage. They found like in two of them, they found weed. So, oops, what's what are the odds? Guess yeah. you know, guess, <laughs> guess we're gonna all get searched now. Yeah. So, so I do a little, you know, a little that, but know what's going on in his life, and and that is important. Like he doesn't make that stuff hard. I, I, you know, like the smell of marijuana, you know, I'm like a, a, a dope sniffing dog. Yeah. He brings it in a backpack and opens it. It's like wafting. So we've had some very honest and difficult conversations about those things, drugs, sex, etc. But know and be known is really been my sort of mantra, like know him and then be known by him. And that's, you know, that's sort of the challenge. I would say that's a bigger challenge mm. to like let him into who I am, how I feel about things, what, you know, what, what my life is like on a daily basis. It's yeah. very, that's by far, mu- that's much harder. I think it is, you know, that Going does sound, that sounds challenging because, you know, you want to make sure that you're not into, you're not laying anything on your kid that you would really yeah. save for a friend or, or a, or a partner. You know what I mean? This is a kid. You don't want the kid yep. to carry the burden of like, Oh geez, I'm you know we're a little short this month. You know I don't want my, I don't want to be sitting down with my kid going you know and don't get me wrong I, I'm not beyond putting an arm on the kid. The kid's got a good a part time job and no overhead. So more than once totally. I've come up short and I've been like, dude, just Venmo me a hundred bucks. I need it for forty eight hours. And he's always got yeah. the dough. And he's like. Uh, you know, and I tell him, I said, listen, I know I make a lot more money than you, but I got a big nut to cover. You got no overhead, yeah. you know? <laughs> I mean, let's just, I'd like to see by a show of hands how many of you have gone on to the bank app and seen your sons, your daughters, and your bank account balance. And exactly. Yours, and yours was not Definitely the smallest. I mean, especially <laughs> right before was... payday. I look at my wife and go, honey, take a screenshot of the bank app today. We're flush. Just keep that image in your mind before everything starts to go. Well, so listen, before, before the calls come before out. I want to run out of time, can you capsulize this, this book, The Modern Dad's Dilemma? Can you capsulize yep. what the dilemma is, or is it like a whole series of things in the book? Uh, yeah, the, the dilemma, the, the <laughs> I, I chose the title because I thought, it, which was kind of a, a last minute spaz out with my publisher. <laughs> I was like, I want to change it. it was Modern Dad's Handbook. Okay. Um, but but I honestly, I, I put Dilemma because I thought it would be easier to sort of answer with interviews when I was, you know, oh, perfect. on ABC News, <laughs> right? Like, what's the dilemma? Yeah. And so, <laughs> right. So the short version is the dilemma is how do we give, how, how do I give what I didn't get? And that's not to knock all like past generations, but how do I give, how do we give what we didn't get? specifically that is you know generally speaking emotional connection and past generations my father's generation right and i'm gen x so i'm sort of you know past generations there's no case yeah i mean it'd be hard to make the case that they just weren't they didn't live in the same world they didn't have you know the the the, the imperative of like connecting emotionally was not necessarily there right. so again right. it's not to knock 
what all you know what past generations did. It's just we've evolved, women have evolved, and and I think that the expectations are are different. So there are many sub dilemmas within that, but the, the main one is how do I give to my kids if I didn't get it? And and that's again that's and and in the book I go through four practices or maybe it's six because I'm not <laughs> sitting in front of it, but basically your vision, yeah. getting a vision. I started with looking forward because everybody does that. Like, you know, write your eulogy. Like, what do you want to be remembered? Which I've always found to be very dark and yeah, not really a as a dark older, yeah. not interested. Uh, but so I started with the vision and each of the chapters um, has stories of guys that I met. And there's, there's only like, probably 12 of them. Yeah. And there's a practical, a series of practical activities that are all in the back of the book that I have the, the guys that I interviewed, I had them do that. They do the, the exercises or the practices and I show you their like, you know, completed activity. I'll give an example. So the vision statement, the first chapter is, you know, imagine 25 years from now, your kids are interviewed for a film about you. For some reason, they want to. Right. I mean, clearly, want to make a film about you, a absolutely, uh, or about right or fatherhood. What do you hope they say to that interviewer uh, mm. twenty-five years from now, twenty years from now? Right. What do you hope they don't say? Wow. Right. That's always really easy for guys like you know to come up with. And then you know, what do you based on that? What do you need to change or do differently today? Mm. And just that like fairly simple exercise. I show the main guy in the first first chapter who you learn about it, interview him. He does that exercise, and it's all sort of given context. And that's how the book progresses. So vision, looking forward, which is essentially what are you trying to do as a dad? What's your what's your mission? What's your vision? Right. For me, it's I want my kids to say that my dad knew me, he understood me for who I was, not like for who he wanted me to be. Right. That's right, right. my yeah. That, that's my guiding light. You know, mm -hmm. that's that's sort of what I work on. And then the second is legacy. Then we look back. What did you know, gifts and liabilities. And there's a practical act exercise, just like, you know, what list of gifts circle three that you got from your dad and then liabilities circle three. How are you going to wow. pass on the gifts? How okay. are you going to change the, the liabilities? And then it gets into um, being a new kind of provider, looking at what you do around the house, which is. Um, which I think is sobering at best when you talk about the emotional load that women carry for all the, again, generally speaking, right. For the whole um, family. Yeah. And actually same sex couples, lots of research to show they don't struggle as much with the, for, for kind of obvious reasons, but the, the gender, the gendered roles, no matter right, how right, right. progressive you are sure. play out. So, uh, and then I get into the last uh, two chapters are knowing and being known. So like I just said, knowing your kid, I have a quiz. How well do you know your kid? Which is meant to be like a, che a running checklist. Mm -hmm. Like how, what are your, and it's hard, I guess they're older. What size shoe is your your son? Yeah. Do you know what size shoe he is? I, well, it's so funny because V just started uh, auditioning for modeling work. So I do. I know all of her sizes because... Uh, we just had to go through all that stuff to put the resume together. So, so. so you, you lucked <laughs> but that, that's, you did, that's just you did if well you had asked me two weeks ago, you'd have had me dead to rights. I would have had no idea. I would have guessed. I would have taken a wild guess. 
So and you would have said it confidently, and I would have believed it. But so the, you'd have bought it too. That's right. I would have bought it. But but the whole point of it is like, be, yeah, just being honest. Like two weeks ago, so if you don't know these things, uh, then go find out. And then the the last is be known. I have a thing called a relationship checkup. All very simple exercises, yeah. but when done, there it's and it's a series of questions that each the the father and the child answer. And then you come together and share your answers. So what's one thing that, uh, you know, I do well in our relationship? I write, what's one thing you do well? And then um, what's one way that I could improve a relationship? Then I write, what's one way that you could improve it? And then you come together and it's like you get feedback. That's presuming you've, you've, the the idea is to start early with this kind of thing. Sure. Talking. So they kind of get used to the idea. Right. So they're not afraid to to share with you, you know, truths. And there's, you know, and that to me, doing that kind of checkup, like you do a doctor's or we don't always do doctor's checkups, you know, or go to the dentist or your car. So so that's the book. It's practical. It's it's I think it right went to great pains to uh, I'm into transition. So it reads pretty. I think it reads pretty, pretty well. It's not a, a thick you know, there's some research in there, but yeah, it's really meant to be. Well, the, it's called The Modern Dad's Dilemma. I think it's a better title than Handbook. I think dilemma is a stronger you word. Do? Yeah, okay. I think you made a Good. great choice Good. there. I appreciate it. So The Modern Dad's Dilemma, Amazon, I presume, anywhere you get books. Uh, that's Amazon is pretty much where we get books. Two ninety nine. dollars at this point. Well, <laughs> uh, listen, it's a fascinating conversation. I, I love your ideas. I particularly love that one about becoming a different kind of provider because the subtitle of this pod is provide for your family and still be a part of your family. So I, I love the idea of examining what it is to be a provider uh, nowadays for fathers. So, John, thanks for joining us. I appreciate your time today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, it's been great. So there you have it. I don't know if I hope that you could get that feel from the conversation of what a down to earth guy this is. And uh, I don't know. So great uh, talking to him. And I would highly recommend this book for any dad, The Modern Dad's Dilemma. And I love that idea of how great therapy is. You go in, you know, if you're thinking about therapy and you're hedging your bets, think about it that way, the way John described. You go in and you sit down with a professional, and the topic is me for nearly an hour. I mean, you know that old saying, I'm not much, but I'm all I think about. So uh, I appreciate John. Be sure to check out uh, Go Find All Men Are Sons, terrific documentary, his book, The Modern Dad's Dilemma. So uh, we'll do this again next week. As I always say, please subscribe, leave a review, download the episodes, share this pod with other dads, other parents. And if you know somebody who would make a great guest, please let me know. You can check out my speaking website, chriscitospeaks.com. You can even reach out to me through the website if you want to hear me speak with my signature talk, Dad Like It's Your Job, or the other talk. Uh, the One Duck Theory. Very special, very near to my heart. So that's chriszitospeaks.com. I think that does it. Let's go on with our day, shall we? Thanks for listening. Tell your pals.